bring this one to the Archivum. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Live from Old War, a World of Warcraft community roleplay podcast hosted by myself. My name is Kitch Goldwatt, and welcome to episode 7. Uh, last week we had a pretty non-standard episode with the Q&A, but uh, thanks to your guys' participation, it was a lot of fun to do, and it went over pretty well with y'all, so I'll be sure to do another one of those in the future, but I wanted to get right back on our usual structure today and do another episode dedicated to a particular topic. And today, I wanted to cover something that I've been wanting to do for a while. I kind of thought that this would be, like, episode one of the series, uh, but I kind of wanted to wait until I got my bearings with this podcast before trying to tackle part one, I should say, of a topic that is truly so broad and so all-encompassing, and that is being new to roleplay and all of the tips and tricks that can help you get started in a way that's constructive, easy, painless, etc., and just generally getting your feet off of the ground. And of course, to do that, I've put together a pretty good amount of topics today. You know, obviously it's impossible to cover everything about the roleplay community and dish it all at a new person in one single episode, so I've picked kind of the big things that I think are the most important to help someone get started. I would like to put a little disclaimer into this first segment here that my advice is not the advice. Uh, I think that there's plenty of ways to go at it when it comes to starting roleplay, but these are the things that I think are most broadly agreed upon and most widely accepted, and I've broken it down into a few categories here in the solo section, which is going to be uh, add-ons, some discords for you guys to join, uh, guild RP versus solo RP, and then walk-ups. And then after that, we're going to have Melisandre Thelisil on the show, and there's someone who started role-playing in late BFA, and we're going to chat with them about some of the cool stuff that they've been doing as far as getting into the role-play community, how they built their character, some advice that they have for incoming role-players, and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, post-interview, we're going to have your roleplay spot of the week. And at the moment that I'm recording this, uh, I don't know if I'm going to give you guys the month at a glance. There's really still not a lot happening this month as far as uh, unique events that are happening. You know, I don't really want to cover recurring events, as I said, because they are plenty popular, plenty hyped up. I really want to focus on events that could use a little bit more hype. So hopefully uh, we can get a few more of those in the episode. I don't know if between the time that I record this now, and the time that I release this, more event details will be posted. For now, I'm going to say no RP month at a glance at the end of the episode, but you will get your roleplay spot of the week. Again, that's tentative. Uh, I wish I could keep up the illusion that I filmed this podcast in order, like the segments in order, but um, genuinely, you know, I, I <laughs> record things very sporadically and at very random times, so uh, we'll see what happens. So before I go any further, before I jump into all of these topics and all the bullet points that I have, I want to rewind and I want to talk to you as if you truly are someone who is brand new to the World of Warcraft community, the roleplay community. Uh, First off, welcome. It is so good to have you here. Uh, And I am so excited to start this journey with you. If you're someone who is getting into the scene and is genuinely listening to this podcast as a way to get introduced... I am truly quite honored. I'm kind of baffled. I think that's awesome. You know, I I really want to help you out and give you some of the advice that has really helped me get along the way. And uh, I think you're going to have a great time. You know, of course, there's a learning curve here and there, but together and through the power of friendship and collaboration, uh, we're going to traverse them. And you're going to be opened up to such a wonderful community of artists, writers, creators, and people who will just become your forever friends. And uh, I think it's going to be great. So again, welcome to you. And to help you get along the way, I've, uh, again, broken things down into a few different topics for us. Uh, First, I want to talk to you about some of the add-ons that you can get from CurseForge uh, that you can put onto your game that will really help you immerse yourself into roleplay and stuff that's really uh, utilitarian for roleplay. And then I really want to talk to you about Discord. Uh, (laughs) When I first started roleplay, I kid you not, I had no idea what Discord was. Um, I was thinking of it as in the definition of Discord, so when someone was like, 
yeah, join our Discord. I was like, oh, we're having a heated discussion or something like that. We're having a <laughs> we're having an argument. Um, but no, I, I learned it much after. So if you don't know what Discord is, uh, it is a chat room kind of server app where you can join servers, create servers, keep in touch with people in multiple useful ways. It is incredibly helpful. And as far as uh, applications go for desktop and for mobile that reign in the roleplay community, um, don't let anyone convince you otherwise. Discord is truly where it's at and it's a great place to be. So that is what Discord is. And we're going to talk about a few of the servers that you can be in uh, the roleplay community that'll really help you increase your reach, help you meet a bunch of new people. It's going to be great. And then I do also want to talk about guild roleplay versus solo roleplay, you know, kind of getting to know what style you want to go with. I think a, a misconception is that you have to be in a guild to do large group roleplay. That's not the case. Uh, and I want to talk to you about that and kind of the challenges of both sides of the coin and what you might find yourself preferring. And then lastly, I did want to talk about walk-ups. And in roleplay terms, a walk-up is when you take your character up to a person with pretty much no out-of-character planning, and you just strike up a conversation. You know, there's a lot of anxiety surrounding it, and sometimes it's really hard to do that with a certain character type. So we're going to chat about that, the challenges of walk-ups, and how maybe you don't even need walk-ups to create certain interactions. So I'm excited to talk to you about that as well. Starting off here, let's talk about some add-ons. So I've broken it down into three categories, must-have, helpful, and events. Uh, must-have, of course, being uh, two add-ons that I think are just really quite essential to roleplay, two that, if I didn't have them, I know would make things so much more difficult and would just really be strenuous on my brain. And uh, then we have helpful, which are ones that are not necessarily quintessential to your roleplay experience, but as someone who's been roleplaying for a while, uh, I've put one add-on in here, uh, one add-on in here that has has really helped me out. And then, of course, we have events, which uh, I've put three add-ons in here that if you intend to go to server events, uh, these are three add-ons that I think are going to make your time so much easier. So let's start right back at the beginning. We have some must-have add-ons. The first one, I'm pretty sure if you've ever roleplayed before, you could guess, that is Total Roleplay 3 Extended, uh, or just Total Roleplay 3. Now, there are a few reigning roleplay add-ons in the community. Uh, I started roleplaying in Legion, and for a very long time, I used my roleplay and I truly thought that was the best it would be. Uh, you know, my roleplay is a very simple roleplay add-on. You pretty much just get a character pane that, and you get, you, you know, you get the basics. You get your character's name, age, race, where they're from, and, you know, like an about section. And it's very bare bones, and for what I thought the community had to offer, I thought it was all that I would need. But then I was introduced to Total Roleplay 3, which is truly a fantastic roleplay add-on. Uh, it has pretty much everything you could ever want or need, right down to, uh, you know, at-a-glance tabs. People can mouse over your character and see things that they would notice at a glance, and you can write down little minute details about your character's appearance, their aura, the way that they act, all that kind of fun stuff. TRP3 is also really big in the event community. I'll talk a little bit about that later. But, you know, people do market menus in Total Roleplay 3, and there's just a lot of integrations that you can do there. But what I love the most about Total Roleplay 3 is just how customizable it is. Truly, no two roleplay profiles are the same. And how Total Roleplay 3 works is once you download the add-on, if someone else has Total Roleplay 3 installed and you mouse over them, you will see their character pane. And it's really quite great. You see their character, their, uh, excuse me, their character as if they're called in character, their in character name and their titles, profession. Uh, you get to see some of the stuff that they're doing currently, maybe like, oh, they're smoking a cigar or I don't know, they're picking their nose or something. And then, of course, below that, you have some out-of-character information, which I use to, you know, advertise the podcast and my Twitter and stuff like that. So really, it's it's quite uh, all-encompassing. There's a great amount of detail that you can put into it. And it's really quite easy to learn. I had mentioned TRP3 Extended. Uh, extended is, I think, everyone should get it. Uh, it's really quite amazing. It really just opens up a lot of great TRP3 options for you. Uh, what it does is it allows you to create items, roleplay items that can be traded with other people, and you can really, as far as I'm told, you can get quite crazy with them. There's a certain amount of coding that you can even integrate into it as well. So, you know, without going too much into detail, 
TRP3 is where it's at. You should have TRP3 if you intend to roleplay. It is fantastic. So go download that from CurseForge and we'll, we'll, we'll get you going. Next up, we have Emote Splitter under the must-have category. Uh, there's a surprising amount of people who either don't know about Emote Splitter or they just don't have it. Uh, Emote Splitter is a fantastic add-on. Basically, what it does is if you type out something really, really long, typically what World of Warcraft will do is they'll... You'll, you'll have to stop typing, they'll cut it off, and you'll no longer be able to type any characters. So, say you're typing a really long, descriptive action or emote of what your character is doing, maybe they're going on a monologue and giving a really huge, eloquent speech, Blizzard does not allow you to have that many characters in the base game, so what Emote Splitter does is it allows you to type for pretty much infinity, as much as I know. And instead of you having to like copy paste chunks of your emote and then, you know, put it in certain parts to, you know, cope with the game's rules, you pretty much just get to type everything at once. And then what Emote Splitter does for you is it pastes your emotes all at the same time in order and in parts for people to read. And it's quite exceptional. Again, this is one of those must-haves where I think your experience is going to be so much more improved by it. You know, if you're someone who types in really short emotes, really short actions, that's great, that's awesome. Awesome. But as far as, you know, getting into that more detailed stuff, you're going to want Emote Splitter. It is an exceptional add-on, so go get that one as well. Moving into the helpful category, I only wrote down one here, and that is Misspelled. This one kind of goes hand-in-hand -hand with Emote Splitter because it's a chat add-on. Uh, when you're role-playing, there is a lot of typing involved. It's very fast-paced, very off-the-cuff and you can make a lot of typos. I know that I make a lot of typos. Uh, you know, my words per minute is not to, you know, toot my own horn, but I type really freaking fast, and because of that, I tend to make a lot of spelling errors. So what misspelled is, is essentially it's just spell check. World of Warcraft does not have a spell check in its initial game engine, so misspelled, basically, if you spell a word wrong, it highlights that word in blue, and then you can right-click that word, and it gives you a few options for, you know, what you might have meant. I was pretty surprised by the vocabulary with this add-on. I was kind of worried that because, you know, Kitsch, my character, my OC Kitsch, is, is a robot, so he uses naturally very long and very rarely used vernacular and, you know, lexicon, so I was worried that it would mistake a lot of these words for misspells, and I was afraid that if I misspelled a word that was really long and really crazy, it wouldn't know what I was talking about. But I was pleasantly surprised misspelled uh, their thesaurus, their dictionary, is quite vast. I've only run into maybe one or two situations where the word I was looking for was not in their uh, suggestions, and who knows, maybe I just made up a word on accident. But they have a really great uh, dictionary, thesaurus, and again, it's just one of those really helpful add-ons that I think is going to far improve your roleplay experience, and also, it's gonna make you look more put together. Because uh, typos are never fun, the worst thing ever that you'll learn if you don't have misspelled is posting a really long, beautiful, fantastic, well-written, super detailed emote. Oh, um, but you made one spelling error, and it's staring you in the face, and it makes you feel so bad about the entire emote. Uh, so get misspelled, it's gonna save you all of that trouble, all of that strife, and I would highly recommend it. And then moving into the last category here, I have three add-ons that if you intend to go to server events, which I promise you at some point you will, you are going to want these three add-ons. And those are CrossRP, Listener, and Musician. Out of all of these, I would say CrossRP and Listener are the most important. Musician kind of fades into that helpful realm, but I thought it would be more inclined to be in the events category. So that's kind of where those are at. But starting with cross RP, this is essential for events. Basically, it does something pretty unheard of and pretty exceptional. It allows you to roleplay with people of the opposite faction. And more so, it allows you to see their total roleplay 3 profile, which you, I promise, will not be able to do without cross RP. The way that you activate this add-on is that once you have it installed, you're going to want to go to the Legion Dalaran Underbelly and purchase some of the Elixirs of Tongues, a potion that I promise you will get very familiar with. And uh, once you drink one, I'm led to believe that it activates Cross RP and it allows you to uh, kind of mouse over horde profiles and see the content of them. So it doesn't let you just naturally talk to the opposite faction. You do have to have the Elixir of Tongues, 
but it does allow you to see all of the in-character names, all of the TRP3 content, so to miss out on that, it's not a lot of fun. You're going to feel very out of the loop, so definitely get cross-RP. It's very important for event going. Next on that list, we have Listener. This one is probably, in my opinion, this one is uh, right up there with cross RP. It is the most important for going to events. Uh, something that you'll learn very quickly if you go to a large scale server event without listener is that keeping track of your roleplay partner's emotes when everyone is typing at once in the same space is very difficult and you'll have the situation where maybe you emoted and you're waiting like five ten minutes for your partner to respond and then finally they're like did you emote and you find out that they missed your emote because someone else typed or you know vice versa it is honestly a cluster and to prevent that you need a listener uh, listener is a very simple add-on basically it just opens up a separate chat window where you can selectively filter out who you specifically want to see and it's great too because it gives you a sound notification whenever your roleplay partner has posted something. So, you know, as per roleplay, you know, if you're tabbing out while your partner is writing out a super long multi-post paragraph, uh, WoW will let you know that they've posted with a sound and you can tab back in and continue the roleplay. It's really quite helpful and, again, essential for those big events. You are not going to want to go without it. So please download Listener, save yourself the many months, I would even say years of trouble that I had without it and uh, enjoy the full capacity of events. And then finally, I have kind of a fun, cutesy little add-on called Musician. And again, this one kind of fades into the helpful category, but Musician is, uh, aside from the new wave of performance RPers using Group Watch and the Performer add-on, Musician has been the way that people have played music in the game. And basically, Musician, once you download it, it's very simple. It's kind of cool because it'll show you bards who are playing music on the map. And, you know, if you get close to them, you can hear the music that they're playing. And, um, the music that they play, they can't just, like, post a YouTube link and play, like, some random song. Uh, basically, they kind of have to do... This is going to be a really broad reference, but in Little Big Planet, when you could make music in the video game, uh, you would have to like synth it out note by note, and it's the same for musician. Basically, you have to uh, create a version of the song that you want to play in individual notes and in individual lines, and it plays it with kind of the sound of like a lute and like a harpsichord and a few sharp like singing notes too. So it's kind of got an off medieval you know uh, sound to it, but it is kind of immersive for if you're attending like a tavern RP with a bard, and if you do intend to play a bard, a lot of people use that as well. So I would say if you're looking for a fun, helpful, cute little event add-on, grab Musician, why not? It might add to your immersion. So yeah, those are going to be my top six add-ons that I really think you should get to start on your roleplay journey. I think they're going to help you tremendously, and as far as it goes, I don't think there are a lot of other add-ons that if you don't have are going to inconvenience you. You'll, you know, run into plenty of new add-ons down the road. There's great stuff like Dice Master and, you know, all that kind of crazy immersive stuff that you can get into. But, you know, as far as like the surface level of the iceberg, the, you know, add-ons that I think mostly everyone uses are going to be TRP3, Emote Splitter, Misspelled, Cross RP, Listener, and Musician. So grab those six and you're going to be all good to go. And now moving into the next portion of our little uh, crash course, I would call it, we're going to talk about Discord. Again, Discord is a desktop and mobile app for chatting and keeping in touch with everyone. And again, as far as it goes, pretty much everyone on Moonguard, Wormrest Accord, and on the EU servers, they, they all use Discord. You know, there are a few other experimental apps that's, you know, are kind of buzzing around, but I don't see those traversing Discord in popularity or utility, so stick with Discord. Uh, download it early so you're not missing out, because I guarantee a lot of the guilds and activities that you're going to want to get involved in are going to have Discords. So it's just a great way to stay connected. And I've written down a little list here of a few servers that I think would really benefit you. I have four here. We have Warcraft, Neutral Events, WoW DMing, the Grand Alliance, and the Unified Horde. And what I want to say before I get into these is that Discord servers in the WoW community 
are innumerable. There are so many discords, and I guarantee joining all of them will have your app overflown. It's really just not a good idea to try and join all of them. Stick to the ones that you need, and if you have a specific interest in a project, then jump into it. Uh, you know, people create discords uh, like goblins create children. You know, it's crazy. There's so much stuff uh, happening in the Discord roleplay community. Uh, but I've narrowed it down to the four that I find myself checking the most often, and the four that I find the most utility in. And again, that's Warcraft Neutral Events, WoW DMing, The Grand Alliance, and The Unified Horde. Warcraft Neutral Events is probably the big one that I would say everyone should be in. It is kind of a nexus for all of the events happening, uh, at least on the US side of things. I have seen some EU events in the server here and there, uh, but it really is a place for both Horde and Alliance players from the Moonguard and Wormrest Accord sides to talk about events, talk about lore, talk about their OCs, stay in touch, theorize new projects, discuss old projects. Uh, it really, it's quite endless as far as the utilities. And um, I'm friends with one of the people who helps curate it, Volhelion, and uh, they do an amazing job of keeping everything organized and keeping it all very civil. And it's something that I honestly do check on a daily basis because they have an event feed room where people post advertisements for events that are happening soon. And for me, it's just an amazing way to not only stay in touch, but, you know, with the start of me doing the... Uh, a month at a glance section. It helps me kind of see what's happening this month, create a calendar for you guys, and uh, you won't need to listen to me give you a calendar if you're already in that room. So it would be super great if you were in there. Again, that is the Warcraft Neutral Events Discord. Moving on, we have kind of a, a semi-lesser-known server, but one that I think is incredibly helpful specifically for new players, and that is WoW DMing, or, you know, being a dungeon master. Uh, it's a very, it's a server very similar to Warcraft Neutral events, and that is also very much a nexus for people to come in, talk about their characters, talk about, you know, artwork that they're working on, and of course, the big thing is that they teach people how to DM in World of Warcraft in this specific video game medium, and they do a really exceptional job. And I've learned quite a lot from just looking at, you know, messages in that Discord. It's helped me plan some really great events, and the people who curate it are wonderful. They have so many great chat rooms for people to stay in touch. Uh, you know, they put out pretty regular content in there, so I would really encourage you guys to join in there as well. And then, of course, you know, as tired of it as we are, we do have the quintessential faction split, we have the Grand Alliance Discord and the Unified Horde Discord. Uh, these are two servers that are very, I, I hate to say it, but they're almost mirrors of each other, uh, despite, you know, the very different coordinators. Essentially, they're very similar to uh, the Warcraft Neutral Elements Discord. People are just staying connected in there, and they're putting out information about events and talking about characters and artwork. Uh, so it really is just quite similar to Warcraft Neutral Events. However, it does, you know, exclusively cater to people who are playing on different factions. So I would encourage you to join those two discords as well, depending on what faction you intend to roleplay. The invite links to these four discords are going to be in the episode description today, and like I said at the beginning, there are so many discords that are in the World of Warcraft roleplay community that I'm not even going to shame myself for only giving you four of them, because once I get to like five, six, seven, uh, it's just, it's crazy. There are so many, and they really start to get more niche according to your interests, so I would encourage you to take a dive into these four big discords, and then that'll help you join more discords that you feel interested in from, you know, the event feed, the event discussion feed, and you'll be able to find communities that are more specifically aligned with the types of roleplay that you're looking for and the projects that you want to be involved in. Speaking of more niche communities, let's talk about guild roleplay versus solo roleplay. So uh, this is something that I kind of wanted to add into this little crash course because I think it's very important to talk with new roleplayers about this topic. Huge misconception, as I said before, is that you need a guild to be involved in large group roleplay. That is absolutely not true. You can honestly do pretty much anything that you want in this community solo. You can do it by yourself. However, there are very specific types of roleplay that you probably will need to find a guild for, and we'll talk a little bit about that in this segment. In the Q&A portion of our last episode, someone asked me what my biggest challenge was getting into roleplay, and my answer to shorten it was finding a guild that was actually really aligned with what I was interested in. Uh, you know, I wasn't really 
quite well versed with what guild RP was, and I wish I had kind of a segment like this where someone sat down and just talked about, you know, what guild roleplay is versus what you can accomplish just by yourself. Uh, so, you know, what I want to say is take all of the time that you need to choose a guild. If you want to be in a guild, I'm just talking to, talking to the people right now who want to be in a guild. Uh, if you want to get into a smaller group setting of dedicated individuals, do not rush into it. There are a lot of great events where people will throw so many advertisements at you, so many cool ideas, and it's going to seem so easy to just walk up to the recruiter and join right then and there. But I promise you, you're going to regret it if you don't take time to think about it. Because once once you join, you're dedicated, and it's kind of hard to backtrack without, you know, <laughs> being awkward. So take all the time that you need. Uh, it's really quite easy to get swept up in the large numbers of people standing in a really neat, organized line. It's easy to walk up and say, oh my gosh, this looks amazing. Let me join in. Let me get with you guys. Uh, but you really need to take a second to look at what do you want? And what's great about this community is that the guilds are not homogenous. There are so many, uh, so many different categories of guilds. You have criminal roleplay guilds, uh, you have tradesperson roleplay guilds, you have occult roleplay guilds, you have guard roleplay guilds, and you know all of this great stuff. And I promise you that there is a category that out there that matches with what you want. I, I hate to say it, but it is kind of the rule 34 of the World of Warcraft community. Uh, if there's a guild concept that you think you'd be interested in, I promise you someone has probably already made a guild for it. And uh, unless you want to take a stab at it yourself and be a guild master, you kind of just have to dig a little to find them. Still on the train of guild roleplay, I want to tell you guys about two events that are really helpful for finding a guild. And the first one is the Orgrimmar Market and Guild Expo, and then we have the Stormwind Job Fair. So these are two events that are really well curated. I wasn't able to find specifically the Wormrest Accord Horde equivalent of the Orgrimmar Market and Guild Expo. I am certain that there is one, but you know, I'm not really going to go into the huge details of them, but what's important for you to know is that there are Guild and Job Fair Expo events happening on both of, you know, the faction sides. There are events where you can just kind of look around, see what guilds are around, and find one that works for you. The Orgrimmar Market and Guild Expo happens in the Valley of Honor, and it is happening between the, uh, where all the class trainers are, and then the gate into the Valley of Honor. And I've personally never attended because I don't play Horde, but I would imagine that it's very similar to the Alliance equivalent, where people kind of put down their banners, stand around, and you can kind of look around, see what guilds are recruiting, and possibly join one that is reaching out to you. They have a very similar event on the other side, like I said, called the Stormwind Job Fair. And actually, I, I wrote this down, they are actually having a job fair coming up July 18th, of 2021, the year that I am recording this, and that is happening at 8 o'clock Moonguard time at the Harbor Overlook in Stormwind, and that's kind of the area that's close by the graveyard and close by the cathedral overlooking the harbor, and this is the same place that the Stormwind Weekly Market happens, and it's a great place, again, where people put down banners, shout out some advertisements, and on the Alliance side, you can find a group that's really aligned with your interests. And the big shtick of this section is I want to talk very briefly about the differences between guild RP and then, of course, uh, solo RP. I think the biggest difference, personally, that I have found as someone who's rocked, you know, both guild RP and being solo for a while is that when you're a part of a guild, it's a little bit easier, I would say, to create close in-character and out-of-character connections with certain players. Uh, you know, as the saying goes, if you put a lot of people in a room together for a very long time, uh, chances are a few of them will become very close friends. So, you know, that's kind of the whole uh, theme with guild RP. I've made a lot of great friends through that and people I still collaborate with to this day. So that's kind of what guild RP is, but you can still accomplish that uh, with solo RP. Granted, you're going to have to do a little bit more walk-ups, which I'll talk about in a second, and you're going to have to go to a, a few more events in the community and be a little bit more present, uh, but you can still accomplish those close in-character and out-of-character connections. Uh, please, please do not let someone tell you that you have to join XYZ to be into a certain type of role play. I promise you that is not the case. There are so many people who just want to role play together no matter what guild you're in, and there are spaces for that. But another perk of guild roleplay is going to be campaigns. A lot of guilds will organize uh, campaigns specifically for their guild 
that no outside party can join. So if you're looking for more exclusive storytelling that may be specifically catered to your character because, you know, you can collaborate with the guild master, uh, definitely join a guild. You're going to find a lot more collaborative storytelling in a guild. It's going to be easier to kind of uh, set forward the idea that your character can play a bigger role in a campaign because, you know, with solo RP, if you do join one of those large campaigns like WoW Conquest, you know, they're amazing, they're huge, they're awesome, but they're not going to be catered specifically to your character. So if you're looking for campaign content that is more uh, focused around your character and around, you know, your friend's characters, Guild RP is going to be where it's at. And then balancing out the pros and cons, uh, switching back over to solo RP, a huge pro of solo RP, in my opinion, is that you can dip your hands and fingers into a lot of different projects at once and not be entirely dedicated to any of them. Uh, you can attend WoW Conquest campaigns, but you can also go and attend someone's homebrew campaign that they're doing and hosting. You can go be involved in a community event and this, this, and that, and you can build your calendar around specifically what you want to do. Uh, the thing about guild roleplay that can be a little discouraging is that some guilds, granted very few nowadays, but some guilds do have activity, uh, activity requirements. And, you know, you're going to want to be involved pretty frequently to keep up with the campaign. You're not going to want to fall out of relevance in the guild story. So there is a certain amount of dedication. But when you're in solo roleplay, you can simply attend whatever events you want, whenever you want. Personally, I've enjoyed solo roleplay probably a little bit more than guild roleplay for that reason. You know, I can take my OC wherever he wants to go that day. And, you know, he doesn't have to go and participate in the campaign. You know, you don't have to guilt trip yourself for not going to, you know, a certain guild campaign night. You can truly do whatever you want. So, you know, again, you can find places that encourage both styles of RP. The guild that I'm in right now is one of those great spaces where, yeah, they have guild campaign stuff, but they also really encourage people to go out and build their own projects. So uh, that's United Aegis, if you'd love to join them. I think they're opening applications sometime soon. So, you know, if that's the kind of content that you're looking for, I think that it's always good to find a Goldilocks zone between guild roleplay and solo roleplay, where you can dedicate yourself to your guild, but not feel like you're over-dedicating yourself, and you can still have a certain modicum of freedom in how you build your calendar. But that really is my Venn diagram of guild roleplay versus solo roleplay. Uh, you know, they cross over in a lot of places, and I hope that you know, that's kind of helped you pick out what you're looking for. Uh, I apologize for my 100 mile an hour speech, uh, but there is a lot of information to get through. So I hope that that has kind of helped you narrow down if you want to do guild roleplay or if you kind of want to start solo. There is absolutely nothing wrong with either or. It just kind of depends on the person and exactly what you're striving to achieve with your character and in the roleplay community. Tying hand in hand with this topic, I want to talk about something that is pretty daunting for new role players, and it's something that you're going to have to deal with quite a bit if you intend to go the solo RP route. Uh, but even if you're in a guild roleplay section, you're still going to have to deal with this, and that is walk up RP. Now, like I said before, walk up RP is when you take your character up to another character, and this is typically done without any out of character, uh, you know, pre planning you walk up and you strike up an interaction. If you're like me and you have a social anxiety, and also if your character is someone who's not very sociable, it can be really difficult to initiate these interactions. And the problem is that a lot of walk-up RPs can be a great doorway into building connections, getting your hands involved in projects, and even joining a guild. Uh, unfortunately, you will probably have to do a walk-up RP, you know, if you are intending to go to like these job fairs. You have to walk up and, and talk to the guild master. And walk-up RP is pretty quintessential to the roleplay experience. There are really two types of walk-up RP experiences for me. You have walk-up experiences for characters that are designed to be sociable, and then you have, of course, walk-ups for characters that are not designed to be sociable. So, you know, obviously my robot character who hates talking with anyone falls into that latter section. He doesn't like walking up to people and striking up random, uh, meaningless conversation. If he does talk with someone, it's always very pointed and very focused. However, if you're writing a character who 
is very, very, very sociable, uh, very enjoyable to talk to, very bubbly, walk-ups might be much, much easier for you because at that point you have a character that maybe people are more gravitated to talk to. So, you know, if you're starting out and you're really worried about walk-up RPs, uh, not to govern what kind of character you make, but I would maybe lean you more in the direction of writing someone who is more sociable, because if you want to do solo RP, you know, it's going to be a little bit quicker for you if you have a character that people want to talk with. Again, if you don't want to write a character like that, you don't have to. You know, it just takes a little bit more work. You have to, you know, put in, put in a little bit more legwork going to events, being a public face, and being seen by more people that you can create really convincing interactions with. Walk-up anxiety, unfortunately, it really never goes away. Like I said, you know, the better you get at it, the less you really have to do it, because at that point, you'll know people, and you can just strike up out-of-character, you know, initialization of interactions. You don't have to just randomly strike something up. Uh, so, you know, I would encourage you to take this with a grain of salt, take my advice with a grain of salt, uh, give it a go. The best way to get into it is to try and to not necessarily fail, but maybe, you know, embarrass yourself. Why not? Uh, you know, that's what roleplay is all about. It's got a learning curve and walk-up RP is a huge barrier to entry for a lot of people. You know, I know it was for me. It takes a lot of getting over anxiety to have the guts to walk up to another person and say, this is the character I wrote and I want to talk with you. And I promise you that the more you try it, you will meet people who are very interested in knowing your character. The best thing about walk-up RP is that when you're done with a walk-up RP, it is pretty custom that people will whisper the other person and say, hey, thanks for that random interaction. You know, we, we didn't plan it, but I think it was super great that you did that. And that is a great way to meet friends. And one walk-up RP can turn into, hey, you know, I, I think our characters really got along. Let's, let's have them talk again. Uh, maybe they'll have coffee and theorize about the void or you know maybe he'll show him his duchy or something and you know they'll go and talk about military stuff you know there's so many different ways to build off of walk up rp and it is quite uh, fantastic how just getting over that initial anxiety can open up so many opportunities for you in the roleplay community I don't really want to bore you too much longer with all of this nitty-gritty information. Again, I hope that it's been helpful. I know I talk very fast, but again, if you would like to talk with me about this stuff in more detail, please join the Discord uh, linked in our episode description and just ping me. You know, not only myself, but there are so many wonderful experienced role players in that server who can give you such wonderful insight into the world of roleplay. And speaking of people in our Discord, we're going to have one of them onto the show now, and that is Melisandre. Thelisil, a person who's been listening to Live from Olduwar since its conception, and we finally have the opportunity to sit down and talk with them. Uh, they fit into this theme because they got into roleplay fairly recently, uh, BFA, late BFA, Battle for Azeroth, and since then they've taught themselves such great and wonderful techniques for, you know, building a character. They have some outstanding advice for character construction, and I'm so excited for you to hear some of that insight. Before we do that, though, I do want to let you know that at some point in the interview, um, my neighbor decided it was a great idea to mow his lawn at, like, 9 p.m., uh, so, you know, there is going to be some lo-fi, vibey music underneath it. Uh, if you really have a tough time focusing because of that, just let me know. I can get you a version of the show that doesn't have the music, uh, but again, I'm trying to cover up the sound of a lawnmower uh, circumventing my house multiple times, so I apologize for that audio corruption. Truly, it's always something that has to be weird with the audio, but despite that, Melisandre and I had a great talk, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. So let me get you a real quick playback of the interview. Uh, I'm really excited for you to hear it, and uh, I'm going to go get another drink of water while that happens, and of course we'll reconvene at the end of the episode, and we're going to talk about your roleplay spot of the week, and uh, maybe if I can find anything between now and the time that I record it, uh, a few month at a glance events. So uh, enjoy the interview. Incoming transmission. Optimizing audio. Optimization complete. Welcome.
And we're back with this episode's special guest for our interview segment. Uh, there's someone who's been uh, listening to Live from Olduwar since the first few rounds of episodes. They've been keeping up with us in the Discord. And finally, we have the opportunity to have them here on the show to talk a little bit about uh, role-playing from a fairly new uh, WoW player perspective. And that, of course, is Melisandre Thelisil. Say hello. Hello. How's it going today? I feel like I, I, I never take the time to ask people how they're doing. So how's it going this week? Um, this week's been pretty good, pretty chill. Nothing, nothing new with me. That's good. I mean, I, there's been a lot of crazy weather going around, which, you know, I know is like the lowest hanging fruit for small talk, <laughs> but like, <laughs> they're, like everyone in my guild has been talking about like thunderstorms. So hopefully you haven't been like caught up in any of that. No, it's been very hot where I am up in Canada. Uh, and there are some thunderstorms going on just north of me but i'm pretty safe and i have air conditioning so we're living we're living well living well thriving surviving we love yeah. to see it <laughs> uh, so today you're on the show to talk with us about role playing on the game but more specifically kind of being newer to the game because I, I started role-playing in Legion, which preceded um, Battle for Azeroth, which is when you started uh, kind of getting into the scene. So when in Battle for Azeroth did you kind of start getting back into role-playing in WoW or just starting to role-play in general? So I started late BFA. It was I was not around for the start of the expansion. I played a little bit through it, like with the leveling process, leveling um, my tune up but I didn't start role-playing until August 2020 I believe. So was your first character um, your current main character Melisandra? Yes Melisandra is my first character um, she's my only character at the moment I cannot bring myself to stretch my energy and my mind elsewhere at the moment She's she's the light of my life. I, I don't think I could make another OC right now. Huge props to you on that, though, because I am personally like an altaholic. <laughs> so like I'm always throwing out uh, new OCs. But I think it's always fun to get to talk with someone who's been dedicated to a single character for so long, just because there's this guy who used to be in a guild of mine and he was also kind of like you where he uh, had the same character from all the way back in like Burning Crusade and he's never even like considered creating another OC. So I always like to ask people like, how did you create that character? What kind of led you to creating Melisandre? I feel like with Millie, she always kind of resided in my head. I have a huge thing for like healers and armor. So that was like the main idea. I had a lot of different ideas that were just kind of I flowing around my brain and kind of there. And I, I'd write them down on a Google Doc or I'd go to Pinterest and I'd find a picture that inspired me. And over time, you just kind of build and build and build. And suddenly, like, you start coming up with different details and different, like, little backstory pieces that you want to mesh into one thing. Mine's, my character creation process is extremely chaotic. I go from writing a super detailed backstory to, I don't know, picking out her hair color to just really details that probably aren't important and will never come up in roleplay, <laughs> but I want them written down for my own personal kind of like, I don't know, gain, I guess. Just that knowledge is good to have for me. Yeah, the recurring theme of like the iceberg of, you know, maybe you have something that's totally at the bottom of the iceberg, but for you as a role player, it helps you kind of uh, inform your character's decisions. And I think it's really interesting yeah. that you kind of talked about your creation process being like chaotic, because <laughs> I can also kind of relate to that, because um, I kind of jump between ideas. But I could only imagine how difficult it would be to be kind of newer to the game in the story sense, like the lore sense, and to have to build characters like that. So how did you do it? How, how uh, share your secret. How'd you do it? It took a long time. It took a lot of like rewrites and just throwing stuff until it's, you know, sticked. And it just, it just took time to, and a lot of patience to come up with something that I really was proud of and that I loved and that I wanted to share with other people, which, you know, was Millie in the end. But it took a lot. It was it was a strange process coming into WoW as as a new person and trying to learn lore. It's kind of a nightmare. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> right. It's it's kind of a mess. Um. And I I did want to ask you, was Melisandre 
a character that you had workshopped for a very long time before you took them to their first roleplay, or was Melisandre kind of a character that you immediately started roleplaying and then built their story around interactions? Because I know people kind of do two separate ways of roleplaying. Um, I've certainly traded hands with both. Um, so which one did you kind of go with? I think for me it was definitely a mix of the uh, of the two. Um, I think planning out your character and you know like i said before coming up with these different tiny details about them that make them make the decisions that they do you know make and how they talk to other people how they interact with certain other people of the alliance that sort of thing it, a lot of that kind of has to be planned out in a way in a sense and then i kind of took her into role play when I was like feeling comfortable, I was like, okay, I know enough about, you know, how she's probably gonna interact with people. And then I like started role playing and people would ask me a question and I'd be like, I'm terrified, I need to leave. I, I don't know how to answer this question. So <laughs> right, right. yeah, a lot of it was kind of dipping my toes in the water, quickly pulling them back out, going back to the drawing board, be like, okay, wait, how does she interact with this stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I did want to ask, I guess just in general, tell us about um, Melisandre, because, you know, we're going to hear a lot about them in this segment, but just kind of this, like, uh, a first glance reaction. Who is this character? Uh, where do they come from? Just uh, as much or as little as you're willing to tell us right here. So, Melisandre is from Lordaeron. Uh, she's, she was a she was about a teenager, I believe, when Lordaeron fell, and she became a scarlet crusader and then later on she she moved into doing military stuff in stormwind and later even later on which is more current she joined a knightly order which is um my friend's guild the order of the sacred rose so that's where she's at now and she's a very nice character in the way like she's very kind and compassionate and very empathetic and I think a lot of that, you know, not to be like egotistical, but I feel like a lot of that <laughs> is me coming out in her. Like, I feel like I'm a very empathetic and compassionate feeling person. You know, when I first made her and I made her a Scarlet, I didn't know exactly, or I made her a Scarlet in the past. I didn't know exactly what that entailed. I was like, okay, she, you know, she came from Lordaeron. There's not many, there's like three paths you take out of there. You either like go Argent, Scarlet, Silverhand, or I guess you just like leave as nothing, but you get like those four roads. So I went down the, you know, the Scarlet one and I was like, okay, wait, this makes her like kind of uh, a bad person. So I kind of had to work in a way to make her a little less, she was never antagonistic or anything. She was always very nice, but I had to give her a reason. And there is a reason, I'm not gonna say it, but you know, there is a reason for her being very, like, kind and compassionate to people, and she's not someone that wants to get into any kind of trouble. She doesn't like, you know, getting into arguments. It's just not her thing. She's not a very confrontational character. She's just very chill, very nice with everyone. Yeah, and it's, it's so good to hear you talking about all of those details because... I feel like, in a way, uh, human writers for, like, characters get, like, a bad rap because of, like, s people just claim that humans are like, ooh, they're the simplest, you know, race to play in the game, but as someone who's tried to roleplay a human before, the amount of lore surrounding uh, Lordaeron, the Scarlet Crusade, all of these different events is so immense because as far as like the game you know it's 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 humans versus orcs so obviously humans are going to have so much more lore to learn than say the race that i play which is you know a, a mecha gnome <laughs> so uh, from your personal perspective what was it like getting to know uh the lore that relates to your character or just the lore in general how did you kind of pick that up i think for me i i just focused on what I needed to know because earlier on I was like okay do I need to learn everything and you know everything about the lore because um, I had friends that had played this game for like 15 10 15 years and they're sitting here reciting so much lore to me and I'm like how do you even have that in your brain like I can barely talk about anything you know so for me it was just kind of Focusing on the things that I do need to know to make my character 
work. Um, that was, yeah, that was the biggest thing for sure. Focusing on what really matters instead of, you know, because if you start trying to know everything about, you know, every race, every zone, every this or that, it's, I mean, listen, more power to you to know all of that, but my brain cannot handle it. <laughs> right. And I honestly highlight bold italicize, you know, getting to know the lore that relates specifically to your character. Uh, because as much as I, you know, admire and appreciate people who do know just about everything about WoW lore, chances are that your character themselves does not know everything about WoW yeah. lore. So it, it's totally permissible to have a character who only knows about uh, Lord Aronian history. And, you know, they don't need to know uh, the the elven centuries and aeons that went into their mm -hmm. cultural development. You know, they can, they can stick with what they know. Um, and I think that's a really easy way to go. Would you say that as far as like human lore goes, there was like a, a specific period of time that proved difficult to like learn? I think a lot of it is really hard to kind of, you know, there's there are some years that just either aren't super like detailed and, you know, you don't know how it relates to your character in a way. So there's sometimes there are, I think the hardest stuff is those filler years between the most important years, you know what I mean? Between every war, which I mean, that's every year, so it's, you know, you don't really get to fill the time anymore. But, you know, in the past, um, that's the time that was probably the hardest to develop. Like, you know, after Millie left the Scarlet Crusade, what was she doing before she got to Stormwind? Before, you know, um, I think the first battle she took part of was in Northrend for the the Lich King campaign. So filling the time between, you know, where she was then and where she is now, those are, that's where I struggled the most. Cause I was like, where, where would she be? What was happening? Like just, I don't feel like personally there's enough written down to kind of have a firm grasp of like knowing really what's going on. So you have to, coming up with all of it on your own almost, that's that can prove to be very difficult as a new player. Yeah, and of course, you know, you came into the game in the roleplay scene kind of late in BFA, and even in just that expansion, so much had happened. So would you say that kind of the time that you joined the game, did that also kind of contribute to the learning curve of it all? I think so, because since I was so late into BFA, a lot of it was kind of and I wasn't doing a lot of roleplay that kind of correlated with what was happening in the world. I had kind of wrote down that she probably took part in the uh, the fourth war with the Siege of Lordaeron, but that was kind of just a minor detail. It didn't affect too much. It was, it, to me, it felt like since I came in so late for, you know, Battle for Azeroth, it was just another expansion that I had missed that I was just kind of tacking on to, you know, her backstory, really. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's kind of a good segue into, uh, I would be curious to know kind of about what they've been doing in like the present expansion. I know in kind of the pre-list of questions that we run out for ourselves, I'm, I'm skipping a little, but <laughs> because, you know, we're kind of on the same topic. What have they been doing uh, in the wake of Shadowlands? In episode uh, three, we kind of talked about how a lot of people aren't really jumping into the Shadowlands. They're kind of doing their own thing. Uh, would you say that's kind of what uh, Millie is doing right now? Yes, absolutely. Millie probably woke up, looked into the sky, and it was just, uh, she's probably seen worse. We, you know, I say again, we've had a war in the lore like every year. She was there <laughs> for Broken Shore, Northrend, Siege of Lore, like everything. So honestly, she probably looked up and was like, okay, you know, Champion of Azeroth is probably gonna go deal with that. I can, I'm probably okay to stay where I am and keep doing what I'm doing. Cause truly in, in a, she's much more of a, just a random NPC. She's not a very powerful character. She's, she's a light wielder. She's generally good with a mace, but when it comes to going into the afterlife and, you know, doing that kind of stuff, I, I, I don't think I could put this poor woman through that. I just, it, it would be too painful for me. So no, she's, she's been in, um, a barony up in, uh, Stromgard. 
And does that kind of tie into Order of the Sacred Rose? Because I've, I've seen some of you guys around Stormwind, but you know, I've never caught uh, the, the guild ad or specifically what the guild is about. So how is Millie involved in that order? So with the barony, she's not involved. That is our uh, GM, um, William Davenmore. He's the Baron of Aldenwall, and our guild right now is kind of like a knightly order that's stationed there. And she's involved in leading in a way because she's a knight captain. She's been a knight captain for a little bit now. I don't know how much time really because the timeline's a little rough. So sometimes when I'm role playing, I like to throw time out the window. And, you know, if I like to go to an event in Stormwind, for example, like, she might still technically be in, you know, up in Arathi Highlands, but I don't really count it, you know what I mean? So with the timeline, it's 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 just whatever. But in terms of like being involved, she's she's not really involved with um, any political stuff. It's more just running a military thing. Yeah, does that kind of tie into like uh, their backstory? Is there like a specific reason why Millie joined the guild? Um, yeah, Millie, as a child, she didn't really want to become a priest. That wasn't her her thing. She was always, you know, I wrote uh, when she was a child, her father was kind of a teaching figure. She was almost like a squire to him in a way. Um, he wasn't really a knight, but he did know how to like use a sword. And she always wanted to be knighted. That was kind of the whole thing. And when Lordaeron fell, it, she didn't she kind of lost that opportunity and she thought she kind of lost it forever especially after being in um the scarlet crusade the scarlet crusade she very much beats herself up about about joining and she thinks it definitely like delayed her goal because this was you know a big all-time goal to be knighted like that was everything she wanted yeah yeah and i really can't uh I can't overstate, I guess, for me personally, how important it is to have a guild that kind of shapes your story. I feel like it's it once you find a group of people to role play with, it takes you from uh, having a great concept by yourself and then finding so many wonderful people who are able to build it for you and to help you kind of create all of these wonderful connections and stories. Um, so I guess that kind of broadly, I'll admit, uh, ties into my next question. What is one thing that you wish someone had told you uh, earlier about roleplay, or I guess uh, something that you wish you could have utilized earlier in your story to maybe help you go a little bit further than you are now? I have a couple things. I think the first thing is let yourself, I wish someone just told me, let yourself explore like your character if through RP. Let, let your character just kind of grow through interacting with other people and kind of like we were talking about before, sometimes characters will be built a little bit off interacting with other people because you might write something down and then you put it into RP and it's like, wait a second, this doesn't work. I don't like how this is kind of, you know, interacting with others. So I'm just, you know, you're, and you're allowed to alter and retcon things, especially early on. Like as long as it obviously doesn't, you know, conflict with other people, if it's really just, you know, personally related to your character, you shouldn't be afraid to kind of be like, I didn't like the way that she was acting there or talking there and being like, okay, maybe that just didn't happen, you know? Um, like I said, of course, as long as it doesn't like conflict with people in the long term, I think retconning and altering things um, can be pretty helpful. There's nothing wrong with it, especially if you're new and especially if you mess up and you know you just believe that you RP'd your character in a way that you really didn't want to, I, I don't think there's any harm in doing that. Yeah, speaking from the perspective of someone who certainly has done a lot of retconning with my characters, I also can totally agree that it's really not that deep when it comes to retcons, um, and it's, it's totally fine to take something that you've been working on and to reshape it in the way that you want it. Because truly, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's your character, it's your story, and you should be having fun with it, right? Yeah, and that kind of leads me into my next thing, which is not letting other people control or like make you believe that your character should be acting a certain way. I think people that have been playing this game for a long time, you know, they have different opinions and beliefs of how 
perhaps Millie, a Lord Aronian who was also a Scarlet Crusader, should be interacting with other members of the Alliance who, you know, may have not interacted so well in the past, you know, and I think people just have these different ideas of how certain people should roleplay their characters to cater to them, and you don't have to do that. Because like you said, your character is your character, it's your story, it's what should be making you happy. You're, you're not on, you're not paying $15 a month to cater to other people and make sure they're having a good time. Don't get me wrong, make sure others are having a good time and, you know, <laughs> right, right, be right. providing good RP and like good interactions with people. But also don't let yourself kind of, you know, give up your own sanity and joy of playing the game just to be doing that for people. Your character should reflect the things you want them to reflect. And so, yeah, with Millie, any advice people gave me, it was it was taken, it was processed, and if I didn't like it and if I didn't agree with it, I'm not implementing it because she's my character. Yeah, absolutely. And there, you know, there have been times where um I've run into another person who's role-playing like the same concept that I am and they have just a very aggressive take on how I should be taking my character and it's just like listen listen like as you said you know you're not paying 15 bucks a month to <laughs> to, to please someone else who you just kind of met on the street um, but also you know being willing to you know take advice when it's actually good advice when it's you know something that can actually help you out um and it really sounds like you've come such a long ways with um with your role play and with the people that you've met uh so I, i'd be curious to know from your own point of view how would you say role play has changed for you um i've become a lot more confident in my writing ability i've been able to write millie a lot more like how I initially planned her to be and interact with people. I think in the beginning I was I was so nervous to roleplay that it came out through my character and Millie ended up being this very nervous Nelly of a character and I was like, wait, no, this is, no, she's supposed to be a badass. Like why is she quaking in her boots every time someone interacts with her? No, she's, so I've been able to really like put some confidence into her. Obviously she's a little bit skittish of a person, but Generally speaking, she's a lot more badass than how I used to write her. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's always fun to, you know, start a character, have them be a certain way, and then kind of look back on it and be like, they're not really the same person as they were before. Because, you know, it, it tells you that you've you've told a story, you've, you've told an arc. And uh, I think that's really awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess moving into like the latter portion of the questions that I have for you today, um, I would love to know just kind of out of the blue here, out of all of the RP experiences that you've had, is there one specific roleplay memory in World of Warcraft that has just really stuck out to you, has really, you know, left you with a positive impression? Probably earlier when I joined my guild, um, when Millie finally, she, she got knighted, that was huge. That was huge. And even though I hadn't had this character for a long time, I had been building this backstory that she had wanted to be knighted for so long. And, you know, now after like, what, 20 years, she finally gets her dream. And it's, it, it was, it was, it was written beautifully. My, my GM is an exceptional writer. He's extremely talented. And so he made it very, very special. And I was really, really happy. It was, it was, I don't know, it was such a good experience. And it, it, it has left a real, like, RP is very much just, it's such a cool thing. It's so cool. It was such an amazing experience. And if you could say something to uh, someone who's maybe listening to the show today, uh, someone who is maybe on the fence about getting into World of Warcraft roleplay, maybe they have the same concerns that you did about lore, about creating a character. Uh, what, what's something that you might give to them as advice or maybe just something to ease their mind? Uh, just any wisdom that you're willing to impart. Take your time creating your character. Take your time coming up with the things that you know, you want to come up with and implement, you're allowed to have all the time in the world. As I said before, you do not have to listen to others and cater towards others when it comes to your character. Your character should be making you happy in the end. And don't be scared. Don't be afraid to mess up. Don't be afraid to get things wrong. It's, it's all part of RP. It's all improv. We have a generally good community, so, you know, we're pretty welcoming. 
Yeah, I like to think so too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it sounds like you found a really great group of people to, to kick it with, you know, the Order of the Sacred Rose. Yes. Is there, uh, are there any events coming up in the future that maybe uh, we can see Millie at, just community things that they're going to be involved with? Hmm, I'm trying to think. I know there's a King's Fair coming up on Moonguard. I think it's uh, somewhat soon. I, th- I want to, hopefully I can get to that. I think it's around maybe this weekend on the uh, the 10th or the 11th, something like that. I'm hoping to get there on Millie. That could be really fun. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm going to... I think I'm gonna try and make that one too because I've seen some really cool stuff yeah. come out from like the arbor from it. It looks it looks really great. Uh, so uh, sure, we can we can find Millie at the King's uh, Market, King's Fair, and uh, I, I think that's pretty much all that I had to ask you today. Was there any thing uh, anything else that you had to say? I don't believe so. I think I'm all good. Well, that's totally good. That's that's <laughs> totally fine. It's it's good to wrap up. Uh, well, for sure, I'm going to link your Twitter in the episode description today. Uh, so for sure, anyone listening, go shoot Millie a follow. Uh, I love your tweets. They're great. I love following you. And we'll see you around the community. It's been great. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we've had Kitch and Millie formally meet yet. So I'm looking forward to hopefully someday soon getting that out of the way. Yeah, that would be so much fun. Yes, I think they I think they'd be good friends. I think so too. Kitch tends to get along with people pretty well. I like, I, I think, <laughs> I think. I'm sure he's fine, you know, on, on any given day. But yeah, that should be super fun. Uh, and that, that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, I'm so glad that I was able to uh, find someone who is in the position of being fairly new to the community. Uh, you know, as we were talking about recently, it's it's very rare to find people in the roleplay scene nowadays who started as recent as BFA. So uh, truly, it's been a rare opportunity and one that I've really enjoyed. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This was great. Transmission concluded. If you would like to keep up with Melisandre Thelicil on social media, their Twitter will be linked in the episode description. Once again, an enormous thank you to Melisandre for coming on the show today and talking with me about some of their experiences as a fairly new roleplayer in the World of Warcraft RP community. I think we've all, you know, been in their shoes before and they're handling it with such grace and with such poise and they just have some amazing advice. So again, thank you so much, Melisandre, and I hope you guys found some great advice within that interview. Ending out the show today, I am going to be giving you guys the roleplay spot of the week. I decided not to do the month at a glance because our episode's getting a little long here, but the roleplay spot of the week comes to you from Suramar at coordinates 5959, which would put you inside the kind of northern portion of Suramar City. For lack of a better term, this location is what I would call a Shalderai Hookah Lounge. It's a really intimate, tight-knit space with some furnishing and, you know, some of the hookah devices inside, and it's just a really nice place to hang out with some great vibes. There's a harp, there's a bar, again, some really great furnishing, but the I think what the best appeal of this location is, is not the little lounge on the ground level, but actually the rooftop space above. Uh, there's a really great open terrace above, uh, and it's connected to a really beautiful patio with some trees surrounding it and it's just a really nice place to maybe plan a social event or maybe just have a more private role play with a group of people it's got enough space for pretty much whatever you want it to be and it's just in a really great part of Suramar City with a great view and great vibes so you know I hope you guys can find some use out of it I know once upon a time I wanted to kind of open up a, a magical mystical bar type role play uh, but I never really got around to it so if someone wants to use it for that you know I'm certainly leaving the option on the table I think it would be so perfect for a recurring event uh, because it's really close to Dalaran so you could host something recurring you know maybe have a little bar hangout there whatever you want to do with it truly I think it's just got so many great utilities and some pictures of this location will be present in the live from Olduar discord along with pictures of the map location and the coordinates so be sure to check it out That, of course, concludes episode 7 for this week. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining me. It's been kind of a a crazy ride putting this particular episode together. Uh, You know, I've had a lot of people visiting me over the past two weeks, so unfortunately I haven't been able to get out the episodes as early as I want to as far as production process, but I'm still very proud of myself that I'm getting things out uh, every single Tuesday. So, you know, uh, pat on the back for me there. But, you know, now that people aren't visiting me as much, I will be able to start giving you guys uh, day-early episodes 
in the Discord again, so be sure to join our Discord, link in the episode description, and you guys will get episodes every Monday as opposed to every Tuesday. Again, uh, not this week because it's been kind of crazy, but hopefully this week and moving forward. This, of course, has been your mechanized host, Kitch Goldwatt. Thank you so much for joining me on yet another episode here in the Titanforged depths of Ulduar, and we'll see you next week.